and welcome to Counterpressed on The Ringer and Spotify. Welcome to this Jilly Flatty special with, of course, Jilly Flatty in the studio, <laughs> Jesse Parker Humphreys and producer Becky. We obviously twice a week now and we really thought there was no better thing to do on our Thursday show than talk all about Jilly's amazing career and get a few special guests on, have a few special messages as well that... Um, we will surprise Jilly with throughout the show. Not surprised um, now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Giving the game away. We're going to take a trip through memory lane uh, and a kind of this is your life, Jilly Flackety vibe. But yeah, we really just wanted to talk about Jilly's amazing career, obviously with the news that, that Jilly has retired from, from playing the game, a WSL legend, the WSL record holder, 177 games was it in the end, yeah. and the record was 176 that you broke Jill Scott's no, 175. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, it, yeah. And then you got the record. Uh, so a good time to go out, probably with that record to your name. And we touched on the reasons behind you stepping away on the Monday show. Uh, so, you know, a really nice uh, bit from you there on kind of the reasons why it felt like now was was important and also the fact that you'd actually thought about doing it before your dad passed. So if you want to kind of tune into that one, and, and we'll, we talked about it quite a lot there, but this show is very much going to be about Jilly's career, hopefully some good anecdotes. And uh, now you've got no football to be playing, Jilly, you can say whatever you want and you won't get in trouble. <laughs> I was thinking that. I can say anything about refs now. And I can hear that. <laughs> very true. That actually must be quite nice. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to be here on a Monday after a you refs had a shocker. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we can talk. Talk about it here. Kate will have to sit in the corner being quiet. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's uh, get into some lovely little stories with Jilly after this. Jilly, let's start uh, from the very beginning, really, because what we haven't talked about, we've talked about, you know, your relationship with your dad and football, um, you know, throughout the last couple of shows. But what we haven't actually talked about is how you got playing football in the first place. Because I know you know your dad was had a big part to play in that, but you were playing very kind of high-level football from an early age. So how did you fall in love with the game? So I started when I was nine, but before that I was into like acting and... <laughs> no, I went to drama school. Um, acting... My sister was part of like a dance group, so I used to go along there. And I was just, I was one of them kids who was into everything, like whether it be rugby, basketball, whatever, I used to love it. And then I remember sitting watching a game of football with my dad. And uh, I remember going, oh, dad, like, I want to learn how to play football. And my dad's got no sons. He's got four daughters. Um, and he used to play for me when he was younger. So I think like his eyes lit up because he was like, this is a son I've, I've never had. <laughs> um, and then he used to make me go out. He basically said he weren't going to teach me nothing until he knew I was serious about it. So he used to make me go out and hold the ball on my foot, like just hold it on my right foot. So it took me about three weeks to do it. So I went back in. I said, Dad, look, 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 I can do it now. And he was like, right, go out there and learn it on your left. So I was like, oh, I didn't have a left foot at all. So um, once I'd done that, he took me over to the park where we used to live. Um, and he, he taught me everything. He taught me like passing, dribbling. He used to kick the ball. He probably, I said this to my mum the other day, it probably would be classed as child abuse now <laughs> because he used to kick the ball as high as he could and he'd go head it. Like, don't shut your eyes. Don't let it bounce. Head the ball. And... Um, that's what we used to do from like eight or nine. Like you won't be able to do it now. Um, but then we went for trials at Mere Wall and I'd never played in a grassroots team or anything. And I just turned up to the trials and all I knew how to do was really just dribble. Like, and um, we didn't think I'd get in. And I remember we sat on the stairs at home and the letter come through and my dad was at the top of the banisters and he was just like, Julie, you've got in. And I'm like, what? And he's like, I know, like, you've got in. Um, and that's when the journey started, uh, under 10s with me all. And then when did it get to a point where you thought, oh, it's not just going to be grassroots here. This is going to be my career. This is going to be a professional career playing football. I still didn't think really that it was going to be a career. And probably until I was like under 16, maybe even later, maybe in the academy, because as much as it was like it's a career now where it's full time. Back then it wasn't. So it was, I was in, at 15, I was with the Arsenal first team and we would be in Champions League and we would 
train two nights a week and I would work literally like probably I'd think three or four jobs when I was there and play in the evenings. And that was the highest standard. Like obviously that was the year when Arsenal won in the in the 2007, they won the um, UEFA Cup. But people were working, like a couple of the girls worked in the laundry at Arsenal, like, and that was the highest level. Um, so I still always thought I would have to work and then just play in the evenings. That's how I thought it would always be. And then it was when che Emma Hayes come back to Chelsea. Um, and Chelsea, I think, was like second from bottom, I think. And she went in. And I was at Arsenal, Arsenal and with Shelley Kerr. And our, um, Chelsea's, obviously my contract was coming to an end. And Chelsea approached Arsenal. And our, obviously Chelsea said, we're going pro. And I went back to Arsenal because I, I loved Arsenal. Like, I'd been there since I was like 13. And I said, like, I really want to stay. But Chelsea offered me the chance to be a professional. And Arsenal said, we're not we're not going pro, we're staying semi-pro. So that was obviously then that I knew then I would be able to go and do it as a career because I left my four jobs I was doing and I was able to turn pro with Chelsea. What were some of the jobs that you were doing? I love when players talk about all the random odd jobs they were doing. So I, <laughs> I'd do anything to be fair to earn money. <laughs> um, <laughs> in the right way. <laughs> Becky's burning for get some action. But, um, I used to do, um, I was part of a coaching company, so I used to do a breakfast club in the morning. So there'd be kids who'd want to go and play football at like seven o'clock in the morning. Like Weirdos. Oh, honestly. <laughs> if my child does that, I'm like, no, no chance. Um, so I used to go there from like seven till like eight. Then I'd leave there. Then I'd go and do um, PE teaching in a primary school. And then I'd go there. Then I'd go to somewhere else to do an after school club. And then I'd leave there. And I was coaching at the time Mill under 11 girls. And Mill, then I went to Mill under 13 girls. Um, so and I'm, then you'd train with us on the evening. Yeah, so that was Monday and Wednesdays was Mirwall under, well, under 11s or 13s, whatever it was at the time. Monday, Wednesdays was Mirwall. Tuesdays and Thursdays was uh, Arsenal. And we, Shelley Kerr used to make us train at five o'clock as well. So I used to finish in my, my school's John Dunn in Peckham. Leave there at half three to try and get round oh, to Arsenal, North, to Boreham, oh, uh, like yeah. uh, Boreham Woodway yeah. at five o'clock. Like that, and then I didn't obviously then get home to about eight or nine, maybe later. Um, Did you ever get you, um, you living? Where Sorry. were you living at the time? In South London? Yeah, I was living in Bermondsey. Yeah. So you had to go so I was up like, and down. Ring, like around the M25. Um, Did you ever get any fines for being late? Was Shelley Kerr strict on No, time? The only, No, she she was all right about it because they understood. Yeah, then like a lot of people doing jobs, they yeah. can't get there. But there was one time where we'd played Chelsea, I think, on the Thursday night. And on the Friday, this Shelley Kerr in the last season was trying to obviously push to train more. So... We just, like went to a, a Tuesday, Thursday, Friday session and um, we just played Chelsea on the Thursday night and then on the Friday she got everyone in to do the uh, bleep test <gasps> after a game. But it was, um, I remember then I said, it's not worth my journey around the M25 to go and do... That's when you're like, Emma? Emma? <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming. Can you please get me out of here? <laughs> no bleep test in um, the contract. <laughs> yeah, I said, I'm not travelling around the M25 to sit in traffic to do the bleep test. No way. <laughs> Did not sign up for that. No. So Chelsea was your first pro club. And I mean, I should take this opportunity now to, to kind of read out your your honours list, if you like. Four WSL titles, seven women's FA Cups, which is ridiculous. That's nearly half of, or is half of Arsenal's total, because I think they've got 14, 14, right? So that's half of Arsenal's total. That UEFA Cup win you mentioned with Arsenal. Um, also captain West Ham at Wembley in the final. Do you have a favourite of those? I I don't have like one. I, I remember my very first one, which was um, my very first one where I started was at Arsenal when we played Sunderland in the FA Cup final at Derby County's Grand. And this was the time at Arsenal where every centre-back possible was injured. Like Faye White just done a race here or broke a leg or something. Faye White was out, Law Bassett was out, everyone was out. And so Vic Akers was literally had no other option but to play <laughs> How me. How old were you at the time? I think I was about 18. Wow. And uh, I remember him going to my dad, like, I've got a player. And my dad's like, just give her a chance. Like, <laughs> And um, then I, I stayed in the team and it was the FA Cup final and Faye was just coming back. Like, And I thought, oh, I'm going to be dropped now. Like, Obviously, she's England captain, Arsenal captain. But she didn't. He stayed with me for the final. Um, and that was my... 
first memory because it was the first FA Cup final that I'd won and I'd played in. All the others, I was on the bench and um, just sort of getting the getting the applause and the limelight with the <laughs> with the girls. But that one was the first one. Um, obviously, the the one first one at Wembley with. Um, Chelsea versus Notts County, which was probably the most boring cup final. <laughs> Can attest was there. <laughs> so dull. It was boring. Um, but G it was scored the winner in that. Yeah. And it was Ch- Emma Hayes' first trophy with Chelsea, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it was it a really scabby goal as well, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> it, it was. Like, when, you think, when you think, oh, gee, so young, FA Cup yeah. winning goal. Like, yeah. you think it's going to be some gorgeous free kick. Yeah, no. it, was just, it was really scabby. Um, <laughs> and then obviously then the one, which I think means the most in regards to emotional side, is the one with West Ham. Um, oh, I was going to say, was that the hardest, like, final because of the manner of it and losing it? Because it was obviously, like, a new era for you. It was with Matt Beard. Was that the hardest one to take in, in your career? In It was the, obviously, losing cup finals is, is never, it's never nice. But I think that cup final one knew the chance of us winning was so slim mm. that for me it was just the journey we got there that meant more to me. And to, and it's really funny because I'll tell you this story, yeah. So the year before, I was at Chelsea and we'd beaten Arsenal in the FA Cup and I didn't get bought on. So I was a sub. Obviously, that was a, really when I lost my place at Chelsea and I was on the bench and there was one sub left and she didn't bring me on, Emma. And I was, this is where I say when I'm competitive, I knew that I... For me to make 100 appearances for Chelsea, I had to play in that game. Otherwise, I was going to fall short. So then obviously then... I didn't get on and I was obviously the year before we'd lost to Arsenal so everyone then was buzzing and I just I couldn't be happy about it because it was just I was so gutted that all my family was there and I never got to come on and I remember sitting in the bar afterwards with my dad and my mum my mum my dad and my sister and it's really funny because I um, looked over to my dad and I went I'm, like, I knew I was leaving at the end of that season like I'd made that decision and I said to him I promise you now I'm going to come back here next year with my new team and I'm going to lead them out. And it's so mad because well, obviously it, it, that conversation happened and then I remember standing there with Beardy in front of me and like all of my hair stood up and it was like walking out for me, I'd won because I knew where I was the year before. All my family was there. like, And I think I honestly couldn't have cared if we'd lost 10-0 like for me because we wasn't expected to get anything out of the game. And I think we played well for the first 45 minutes, but we was just... City then just went up a level and we couldn't match them. But for me, take all that aside, like the journey that I'd got, had been on to get there. Um, yeah, it made more, probably one of the most memorable finals for me. Yeah, and and, and it's, it's funny as well because going to West Ham, of all the people uh, like in the WSL, not a lot of people might have thought, oh, well, they're going to be in the final. Like, uh, you know, that, that took a lot of people by surprise. It was a bit of a fairy tale journey there. So even, you know, making that promise to yourself and getting there... Like it was probably you and your dad were the only ones who were like, yeah, it's definitely going to happen. Yeah, like, <laughs> as the as the uh, draws were coming on, I remember Sue Smith was pulling the uh, the numbers out on the telly, and I was yeah. watching. I'm like, oh my god! Like every round, we got the lowest mm. uh, ranked team aside from us. I thought this is going to be it. Like this is the year we're going to do it. And obviously, then we got Reading in the semi final where we played absolutely shocking. Obviously, <laughs> Farron missed the penalty, yeah. like the chance of that happening. Um, and obviously, then we had the penalties as well. But I just felt like it was written in the stars for us to get to the final that year after everything we'd been through. Um, yeah, it was a special one. And obviously, not coming on in that final with Chelsea and I, Emma Hayes is someone you worked with at Arsenal as well. She brought you to Chelsea. Is it hard as well when you've got really good relationships with coaches, but you still know like they have to make decisions that are best for the team? Is that difficult when it's like someone you love and respect? And she's someone you mentioned in your statement as well. Yeah, I think you probably take it a lot more personal. Um, Emma's, I've known Emma since I was like 15 because when I was at Arsenal in the 16s, I got the chance to go to Loughborough, which at the time was the National Academy for um, for the England team. And I got the chance to go to the Arsenal Academy, um, both on like full scholarships. And um, Emma was just coming over, for, she'd come in from America and she was Vic's assistant and she got me and my mum and dad to go around the training ground and she showed us a whilst of training ground and all this. And she said, like, listen, like, you come here, you're going to have a really good chance with with the first team. Because a lot of the girls who went to Loughborough, they was away from their clubs. They lived up in Loughborough uh, Monday to Friday. So 
it was either really, did I really want to... And those players who went there, like Ellen White, Steph Hatton, uh, Jules Scott, Claire Rafferty, they all really had good careers with England. So it was sort of like, do I want a good career with England or do I want really a club career? So Emma was a big sway in that because I wanted to work under and I wanted to play for her. Um, and then she was my Arsenal Academy manager. So between 16 and 18, um, obviously she was my manager as well. So I had a lot of respect for Emma on a personal level. Um, so yeah, I think her not playing me, I was just a bit like, like I, I think you owed me that. Do you know what I mean? Sort of thing. Did you speak about it with her? Yeah, we spoke about it, but I've obviously got to respect her reasons and I don't think she's done it personally at all. Um, and I'd like to go down the coaching and management route. So I feel like I'm going to be having those difficult conversations. But I think now as I'm older, um, basically uh, more so like West Ham when players were potentially pulling the manager when they weren't playing, I'm just like, just deal with it. Like you ain't got to pull your manager every single game you don't play. Like, But I think I needed to grow up to be able to think like that. I think at the time you're just, you're natural in it. You're going to be emotional. You're going to feel like, oh, you took that away from me sort of thing. But you just learn to to dust yourself down and pick yourself back up again. And um, our first special guest of the show is a, a coach I know you know really well, someone you've worked with for a very long time and known since you were a kid. Uh, I'm hoping is going to join us now on Zoom if the technology works. Matt Beard. Matt, can you hear us? I can, yeah. I had to use my uh, cellular data or something. Oh, oh no. How are we? You can bill us afterwards, don't worry. <laughs> can I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so send, send me, Hello, send me the bill. You're right, BD. <laughs> What's happening, girl? Not much, not much. I know you're on your pro <laughs> licence as, um, as we speak, so thank you for jumping off a very important course to chat to us, Matt. It's all right, it's lunch now. Um, yeah I know obviously Jilly's a a player that that you've worked with a few times now throughout the years Um, I know you probably were a little bit uh, aware of of what was coming but what was your initial reaction to hearing that Jilly was was stepping away from from playing so this is tough for me because obviously how close I am to her and obviously how well I knew her dad my first thought was her dad wouldn't want that Um, but then if I'm honest, when Jilly rang me to tell me that her dad had passed, it was probably the toughest phone call that I've ever received. I mean, I had to pull the phone away from my ear. And then I come round her house about half an hour, hour later, just because I knew how close they were. Um, but I understand and I, you know, as a football club, we completely respect the decision. As a manager, I completely respect the decision. It's not even about about the football at that stage, is it really, Jilly? Do you know what I mean? And I knew... Leaving London was tough for Julie anyway. And with this happening, I think that was probably the ice on the cake. And I'm so pleased that you managed to break the record. I think for me, you deserve that. Do you know what I mean? From a football side of things, it was a massive, massive blow because I'm losing a great person in the dressing room. I'm losing a leader. I'm losing someone that wants to win. But forget the football. I'm losing a wonderful, wonderful person. And uh, that was the toughest thing uh, for me, but Jilly's got to look after Jilly. Do you know what I mean? And I mean, tell us as well, like what is what has Jilly been like to work with uh, uh, while you've worked with her? What makes her so special as a player? Technically, she's she's fantastic. I already mentioned it a minute ago about obviously being a winner. I read read the other day about Jilly wearing her heart on her sleeve. These are all great attributes to why she's been one of the very best. Um, I just enjoyed our, our talks and I think when we got to Wembley and I think interviewed that me and you did on BBC, I sent you a screenshot of it the other day, didn't I? Yeah. It, funny enough, it popped up on my brother's memories on Facebook and um, I just think we had a... Because we knew each other anyway, we, we, we had a special bond, I think, and um, you get that with some players, you don't get it with others and I just think we had a special bond um, and, and, and it, it just, we just had a great, great working relationship. We could be honest with each other we could open up to each other um, and I think uh, that, I don't think many people know the, the amount of, that Julie's done to help people I remember Julie remember when you showed me that we watched that video when you spoke about mental health and suicide and me and you sat in the office watching it crying our eyes out because <laughs> I, I never knew that 
if it's true, right? We, like, I never knew it, and then we had to go and deliver that to the players before it went out in the public domain. So it just shows the strength of character that that, that she is, and um, you know, thirty-one to young age to retire from football. But as I said, think that you know, life's more important, family's more important. Julie, I know you obviously know Matt for ages from back in Millwall days, right? So yeah, I remember when I was. Um... In I think the under fourteens bid. I don't know if you remember when you was uh, on the side. I think you come to watch a game, Mill versus Charlton. I think I was in the under twelves, no under twelves, and uh, you and Keith Bonus were on the sideline. That's when I first both of you were shouting your heads off. That's when I first <laughs> met him. Um, Nothing's changed, eh? <laughs> yeah, and then obviously then obviously when Beardy was at Millwall as well, and I've we've always like said hello to each other from when I was young, um, and obviously then. When I was obviously at Arsenal and obviously Beardy was at Chelsea, um, he was always someone that I'd always wanted to play for, always. Um, and then obviously then he went out to America and we stayed in touch. And then there was rumours of him coming back to West Ham. And I think as soon as then West Ham got in touch and I spoke with Beardy, anyone could have come in and I just said, no, I, I need to go there. I want to go there. I want to play for him. Um, so as much as I am obviously in that sense, gutted to retire. I wouldn't have wanted to retire under any other manager but Beardy and I'm just glad that we got, even if it was half a season together again, we still, we still done that and, um, yeah, he's obviously, he's, he's a great friend as well. He's, I said before, before my dad passed, he was like a father figure to me as well. So, even more important now. And how have you seen Jilly grown up as well through the years? Because you've known her since she was a kid. Is she still like the same person, just like uh, trapped in a kid's body? Was she still <laughs> just like the same player? Uh, we all mature as we get older, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> even me, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's... Uh, no, it's, listen, I, you, she... she She's grown into such a, 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 a wonderful person. She's selfless. She puts herself before everyone else. And I think maybe on reflection, maybe that could be one thing that maybe she would want to change at some point. Do you know what I mean, Jill? Like, you put yourself first. And I think this is probably one of the first times you've ever done that, right? Yeah. As a footballer, she was always talented. Always, always talented. And you need people like Jill in your team, like, hands down. Um and as she got older, she got she got better because she understood the game more. Obviously, the fitness levels changed, the science changed in football. Um, and if you think about where she started, what she achieved at such a young age, and then at the back end, how you know how she's really helped so many young players. And as I said in my interview, she's a pioneer for the game, one hundred percent. And I think in years to come, that will be recognised more than than what it is now. 100% for sure that will, will be. But she's a wonderful, wonderful player. And she aged like a fine wine. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, Matt, thank you so much. I really appreciate that you are now not just only Matt Beard in name, but Matt Beard in nature. You've got a beard now as well. <laughs> Loving the rebrand. <laughs> yeah, you know what it was? They started singing Matt Beard's Mighty Beard and I thought to myself, I'm going to have to shave it off because I can't have that everywhere. <laughs> my wife likes it. So, uh, so got to keep it <laughs> oh amazing thank you so much um really appreciate you coming on and um yeah enjoy the rest of your your class today and uh hopefully see you very soon thank you see you later, later biddy <laughs> <laughs> hopefully that was a very nice surprise jilly was it nice to see matt on the on the massive zoom there? <laughs> yeah because we've only um over the last like week two weeks or so it's been more just texting rather than talking on the phone more so me because I know whenever I speak to Beardy like I'll get upset I'll cry so I've just sort of not wanted to cry um, but yeah no he's been throughout this obviously as soon as I got the phone call from my mum to tell me about my dad Beardy was the first person that I rung um, and he probably said he had to move the phone away from his ear because I was screaming and shouting down it um, but yeah he's a he's obviously been a big support for me throughout my whole career um, even when I was um, at Arsenal we kept in touch um, obviously we played against him scored the first goal against him do you know what I mean so he's <laughs> he's not let me forget that um, but yeah he's a great a great person but um, and yeah and a great manager so We kind of touched on a, a bit of a I guess a sliding doors sort of fork in the road moment for you there which was go to the Loughborough set up for with England or focus on club football and that kind of leads me to ask, you know, do you have any regrets about any of the decisions you made in your career or regrets about 
something that happened in a match or I don't know is there anything you look back on and say I wish that had happened differently the one thing I would probably say is I didn't I don't personally think I really believed in myself when it comes to the England seniors um, the first time I got called up with Mark Sampson after I'd I don't know if I got it when I left I think I left when I left Arsenal to Chelsea I got my first call up then um, and it was sort of I wouldn't say it was a token um, gesture but I think a lot of people were saying like she should be called up she should be called up and then he called me up but I just went there and I was so overwhelmed that I could have not touched the ball the whole camp and I would have been okay with that um, and I remember being on it with Alex Scott and Alex Scott going to me like Jill come on like obviously because she'd been playing with me she's like come on like you're better than this but I just felt like it. Well, I weren't really ready for it. And I'd been involved with England, 15s, 17s, 19s, 23s. I'd been involved in all, all the youth teams. Um, and then, obviously, then I had a bit of a bad experience where, obviously, I, they had the World Cup, I think, that year. And then I got left out of it, but I, I was never really in contention with it. And then Mark Sampson told me to go and work on a few things, which I then went back and worked on. And then I got recalled up again in September. But I was only I was in it probably about two years, but I didn't I didn't make the most of it. And obviously then coming up to where the the Euros was happening, and I didn't even make the standby squad, and I was really emotional about it because I was obviously really gutted. But in a way, I didn't I don't feel like I took my opportunity really with it. Um, and that's what I always said. If there's if, when I spoke before about it, and I said whenever I do retire. The only thing I would regret not winning or being a part of is a major tournament with the England senior team because obviously I'd won the Euros with the youngsters. I'd been to World Cups with the younger age group. So it weren't about that, but it was just more so the England senior team um, not having a major tournament under my belt with them. Jesse, you watched Jilly at Chelsea and obviously watched Jilly since uh, when she's moved on to other clubs. But what would you say is something unique when you're watching a Jilly Fatty performance? And don't say slow. As <laughs> <laughs> words not allowed to be mentioned today. <laughs> I think, like, I think it's really interesting because obviously you came to the club at a time where it was like Chelsea were really ready to take a step up with Emma and like, didn't Katie Chapman yeah. come at the same time? Um, and I feel like what you and a lot of the players you came in around that time brought was that like intensity and I think that sense of being there to play football and to be a professional and I felt like that was something that felt like it really changed and obviously we saw that happening in the league generally around that time but obviously because I'm a Chelsea fan it was like I was more like focused on that and I think for me Julie as a player was just someone who and I like I like this as well about you because I feel like Chelsea have kind of continued that in some ways. Like I see lots of like your qualities in like Millie Bright, but someone's just being like, I'm going to get it done and yeah. I'm going to like put my body on the line to get it done. And I think there's been a really nice continuation. Of and I guess that's maybe Emma's influence as well in terms of like liking players who are going to give everything for the club and everything to win a game. And yeah, I think that's just something that I've always associated with you as a player, like at West Ham too, is that, you know, the willingness to like stand up and be counted for your team and it's not an easy thing to do as well right because sometimes like you're going to make mistakes everyone's going to do that as a player but to be able to get up and go again like within games or game after game is just something I've always been like when I watch you I've been like that's something like you can rely on you as a player to do like regardless of what happens with the decisions you make oh, is lovely. that yeah is that been something you also feel like you recognize in yourself yeah, like I think for me, one of the big things like is that the consistency that I pride myself on is the consistent performances. Like I would like to think over my whole career, I've not really been a player that, of course, I've had bad moments or maybe I would like to think I've not really had like up and down games. Like I've been pretty consistent with my performance and I think with managers as well, consistent in they know what they're going to get from me. Like, I'm not going to go and get the ball and try and run the length of the pitch, like take players on that. That's never <laughs> going to be me, do you know what I mean? But you, I'm going to fight for everything. I'm going to try and win every single header. I will put my body on the line. I will do the tackles, do you know what I mean? Like, I'll whatever happens, I will continue to keep going. Obviously, as well at West Ham, towards the end, later times, when we had the big losses as well, like, I'd never experienced that at Chelsea and I'd never experienced it at Arsenal. So for me, then it was learning to deal with that. And the other side of it, not 
necessarily being title contenders. Like going from winning a lot to not winning was really difficult. Like in even like the relegation side of it, like having those, like I had full on anxiety, like probably for two seasons with that. And Matt touched on it. You know, there was a period at West Ham where you were very open about some of the mental health struggles you've had in your career. When you talked about that, was that something that you wanted to do at some point? Or like, how did it come about when you thought, you know what, I need to be honest about this and I need to kind of open up about my struggles? How did that kind of come about? So when I'd obviously, when it happened, when I, when I took the overdose, it was, I was 17. Um, and it was sort of something where it happened, we brushed it under the carpet as a family. Like we never spoke about it. It weren't, like my mum or dad didn't go, you don't talk about it. It was just something I never wanted to speak about. If I was going to speak about it, we would have sat there and everyone would have listened. But it was sort of, I didn't want to acknowledge it, sort of brush it under and I don't address it. And then I was at West Ham um, and then there was just a lot of, I kept reading online, a lot of people taking their lives because of X, Y, Z. And I just said, oh, I felt like, not I had it as a secret, but I had this, what had happened to me, this experience that I just felt I could, help impact so many people with it and it was sort of I was at an older age where I didn't really care what people said online about it because it's I've done it it's my decision like it's happened I can't change that um but I was I felt I was mentally tougher then to put it out and whatever the outcome be whatever the reaction was I felt like I was mentally tough enough to deal with it um so I approached West Ham the media guy Mitch and I just said listen I've got to tell you something and obviously told him what had happened. And there was a heads up campaign which was being launched in the February, I think it was. And he said, I think it will tie like really well with that. Um and then yeah, obviously then we done it and the response we had was just incredible. Um and I always said if I can just stop one person from doing it, then for me that's that's enough. Um but it seems like if obviously we've hit a lot more people with that. Um and I think it's just to show you just a, a normal person who has who has struggles as well and Obviously, just if I could share my story and help someone, then I was happy with that. And is that anything? I mean, I was thinking, oh, what would, you know, Jilly, what would be like the best role for, for you at a club? And I was thinking, you know, almost that kind of like GM mentoring role, having like been through everything in the game. Is is there any particular jobs that you have in mind going forward? I know, obviously, like, you're here with us and you're, you know, doing other media stuff, but in terms of like coaching or, or anything at clubs, what are you kind of looking to hopefully do now that you're not playing? Be a GM so I can see everyone's salaries. <laughs> and That's good, actually. Yeah. No, like, I mean, I've, I've, I've got my B licence, hopefully going to get on my A licence this year or next year. Um, I, I do I do want to go into the coaching side of it. I want to go into, I would like to be, be a manager in the WSL. Um, that's obviously my long-term aim with it. And it's something that, I spoke about obviously with my mum and dad a lot um, about it. I do, I feel like I've, I've got a good understanding of the game, you know, um, and I've obviously I love doing my B licence with the Welsh FA and yeah, I can see that's really the journey I would end up in. Um, but yeah, just obviously the media side of it's great. It gives me a chance to talk about the game that I love. Um, and yeah, and hopefully obviously I can just stay involved with football. I said like obviously I've given well, since I was nine, but in regards to senior, 16 years of my life to to football. So hopefully it can, uh, can help me out. <laughs> Give you something paid. back. <laughs> I have an important question for the future of your managerial career. Yeah. Are you going to be a suit-wearing manager Ooh. or a tracksuit-wearing manager? This is a good question, I think yeah. a tracksuit manager, come I, on. I, I do think, think so. that you... Or you could do the Emma Hayes where, like, for it's the for important big games. games. Yeah. Yeah. Get, like, you know, at the Emirates, she had yeah. her boots on. Because if you, yeah. were, if you were a... A suit every week. What are you going to do when you get to the FA yeah, Cup? No, you can't. don't have anywhere to step it up to. No, yeah. but then uh, my partner Lil, when we watch West Ham, and Conch is always dressed very smart. Like she likes that look, <laughs> but I'm not going to dress like Conch. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I do think, yeah, I reckon tracksuit, unless it's like a big game or a televised game, yeah. Sky Sports. I can't be rocking out a tracksuit. I've got to look smart. I like when Matt Beard dressed up for Wembley. That was you know, yeah, in his suit. suit. Oh, I know. <laughs> Uh, no, great question. Really Thank enjoyed you. that. Um, 
Our next special guest, uh, not coming on live, don't worry, Julie, we're not going to put you under more pressure, um, but I wanted to get a few kind of voice notes and messages from some former teammates, and I know uh, Becky Spencer is someone that you know really well. You've played with her, what, for ages, since Arsenal days? Yeah, since when we you were first... 13. Yeah, so I know you've been really good friends. So we've got, I got Becky to send in a little message um, and, uh, you know, get hopefully gets a few stories as well. Uh, so this is what Becky sent us. Don't really know where to start, um, but yeah, me and Jilly have have grown up together, and we've been, you know, the best of friends growing up all through the age groups. And I remember when I first played against Jilly when she was at Millwall, must have been when we was about eight, something like that. But I remember she used to wear a thick Nike headband around her head. <laughs> uh, she was Millwall's best player by far, and yeah, even from that age, you kind of knew that she was going to go on and, and have a really successful career. Um, and I'm just grateful that I've been a part of that for so many years. You know, me and Jilly started to play together at, at England at under-15s. Um, I think we were probably about 12 years old at this point. Um, and then, you know, she decided to come to Arsenal where I already was. And we went through all the, the age groups together, went to Arsenal Academy, lived together at the academy. Um, and then we kind of moved on to the seniors together at such a young age and we experienced some of the you know the toughest times together and some of the most successful times together so you know it's been something that we can always look back on and we can always laugh and, and reminisce about um, but all I know is it's been a, a pleasure to to play with you Jill um, it's been a pleasure to be you know one of your best friends and to go through this with you and I'm you know so so proud of you and, and everything that you've gone through there's been highs there's been lows but you've had such a successful career and I hope you're proud of yourself first and foremost the game's going to miss you but I know that you're going to go on to do some terrific things and whatever's next for you um, but yeah you know you're an incredible player you're a leader never afraid to show emotions always wore your heart on your sleeve um, and off the pitch you're an even better person so keep being you and I look forward to seeing whatever's next love you mate and Becky yeah. did say um, apologies she she has a cold so she sounded a little bit nasally <laughs> <laughs> but a lovely message from Becky there and I need to know uh, what was it like in your academy house what were the antics that you guys used to get up to no do you know what me and Becky are the most probably two chilled people in regards <laughs> to the academy so we at the academy used to have two houses that were at the top of the drive and then you used to have all the other houses so down you, the bottom. So you like lived near the training ground? So we was on college site. So right. where we went to college is obviously there was, yeah, two houses that were next to each other at the top and then down the bottom of the drive there was like four houses in a row. So with me and Bex being um, in the senior team, we had to be kept separate from everyone else because everyone else was like drinking, like underage <laughs> drinking, everything. So me and Bex used to live together, but we were the most boring, um, <laughs> boring people. But I'll tell you a funny story. So Jane Ludlow and Kira Grant, um, obviously, again, this is when they was having to work. So they used to be uh, um, like like welfare. So Lud used to have to basically come round and check that we was all in our asses. Where's the WKD hiding? <laughs> <laughs> So there was one time where we'd all run down the bottom. And so Kira and Jane lived at the very bottom of the drive. So past the four houses, there was more houses further on. That's where they lived. So you could see their car come up at night at 11 o'clock. Hide everything. So we would literally be running up, up, up. And there was a big bush outside, mine and Becky's house. We used to jump over it and she used to come round and we used to pretend that we were asleep and that. But she was so scary, lads. Um, and that, yeah, that was obviously what we, what we used to get up to. But we was a really boring house like we'd chill watch films like we had to be good but um who was the wildest of yeah the... who were the wild crew on, yeah. on the academy oh god there was um we was there with she was a bit of a <laughs> a wild one she used to like underage drinking um, <laughs> like to bleed that out. <laughs> but we used to yeah like we used to um wait victoria williams um, oh, yeah. I don't know her as that I only know her as Trev that's what her nickname <laughs> is um, they used to call her Trevor at Academy but yeah like we was all there together and I spoke to Trev the other day actually because she <laughs> sent me a picture of uh, of us at the Academy and she was like me and Coombs are the last like ones left still going <laughs> uh, who are we, we can bleep this out as well who would you say throughout the years has been your nemesis on or off the pitch like who is a player you're like can I have one on the pitch and one off the pitch <laughs> like who's a player like oh fuck I just 
hate playing against her. And we don't need to bleep or her. With her. You, or with her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, or with her. Um, I'd say Nikita Paris was one that I couldn't stand playing against. And actually, Keats is really nice off the pitch, yeah, yeah. but on the pitch, we would rah <laughs> all the time. Like, when you tackled her and she'd scream, I'd be like, get up, like, what's wrong with you? Like, I'll give you something to scream about. Sort of thing. <laughs> but we, that was one player where I just thought, oh, no, you just like, just shut up. But obviously, there's like a tackle I'd done on her in the cup final mm. as well, which kept getting clipped and clipped. And it was like, she hated it. But um, she's actually really nice off the pitch. I'm really looking forward if you do go into management. I'm looking forward to seeing clips of you rowing with the fourth official I feel like, like that's going to be your baby, brand mate. yeah I feel like that's going to be your brand it's like it's like Julie Fladdy's received a too much brand for, <laughs> refs you know, don't like it like me as it is like. yeah exactly you don't need to get any more of a reputation um, especially after you be coming on the podcast week after week being like she was shit <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> they'll remember yeah they'll definitely remember um, and do you have any kind of particular special moments with fans as well that you like any particular you don't have to say your favorite fan base but obviously when you did announce your retirement so many nice messages not just from former teammates and rivals and coaches and things but a lot of you know a lot of fans of the league were you know really sad but also kind of talking about how amazing a career you had so have you got any particular nice memories as well of your relationship with some of the fans in WSL? I'd say um, the Chelsea fans. Like, I'm, there's a Facebook group called the Chelsea Women's Supporters Group, which I've been in since I signed for them. <laughs> I'm still in Wait, it now. you're in the group. Are you in it as well? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I always look in there and find out all the information. Oh, it's great for gossip, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and also, sometimes people get into fights on there. It's really funny. Oh, I oh love my God, fights. iconic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's when they have like the post game and then they're like, can you keep it to this thread? Don't be right yeah. individual person. Yeah. The admin. And the then admin. people get upset if other people have been like, you're being too mean. <laughs> Yeah. Can you add me? I'd like to see. Sure. It sounds, sounds like good drama. <laughs> but the Chelsea fans are your favourites? Yeah. Chelsea, yeah, Chelsea fans, I think, even when I left to obviously go to West Ham, they, when I went back there, they give me a plate. They, like, um, engraved it. Like, they're just, they've always said nice things about me as well. Um, and obviously then when it got announced, even the club as a whole, like, Chelsea sent me flowers when my dad passed away without... There was no messaging me asking me for an address or that. They'd just done it. And then when I was in that my retirement, they was like one of the first clubs to say happy retirement and stuff. And I just feel like Chelsea are really good with ex-players. Like, I think every year Chelsea wish me happy birthday. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I've not been there Admin for like... Admin is on it. Yeah, like five years. Um, but yeah, no, I think the, the fan base are really good as well. And um, even on, obviously, we got Chelsea got Liverpool on Sunday and the director Adrian's reached out to me and said like can you come and be our guest sort of thing so it's just I think a club as a whole um, I've got a lot of time a lot of time from and the fans have been brilliant but I think a lot of the fans Liverpool uh, Liverpool fans there was a young girl um, who just I felt gutted she just bought a flarity shirt for, or got a flarity shirt for Christmas with 25 oh, no. on the back <laughs> and then I just <laughs> I, put, I can't do no refunds you know what I mean but um, <laughs> Yeah, like she reached out and the, this was the girl who wrote the... The note. The yeah, note I remember to you me. telling us, yeah. Um, and then she named her rabbit after me as oh. well. Yeah, the only girl out of the out of the pack, she named Julie. Um, and then her mum wrote to me and she just said, she all she says is that she just wants me to be happy. Um, so, yeah, but I think all that's the... That's going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Becky's feeling fragile. Oh, no, oh, that's, that's really I think all, all the fan bases have been, um, have been great and... Yeah, I'm I'm so grateful and thankful for it because obviously it's, it's a huge decision and you never know really what you're going to get, uh, response you're going to get, but there's just been so much positive. Uh, we have another message as well. Um, Kate, unfortunately, couldn't be with us today for the recording, but obviously, as she's on the, on the pod as well, we had to get a message from her. Obviously, someone you've known for a very long time as well and played together at West Ham. So um, let's see what Kate had to send us. I remember my first ever England under 15 camp. Um, Julie was there and she was just like this young, mouthy girl turns up with big, thick headband on, <laughs> curly, frizzy hair all over the place. Um, and I sat with her at lunch and straight away I was like, who is this mouthy little girl? <laughs> um, but ever since then, like, I just knew she had a heart of gold and was someone that 
I've enjoyed playing with over the years um, and playing against over the years as well. We've had a few um, battles on the pitch and, you know, called each other names and um, <laughs> got in a few scraps and stuff. But then you don't want anyone else on your team um, fighting with you. Um, she was a perfect captain, did everything for us off the pitch, did everything for us on the pitch. Um and just a role model for so many people, an inspiration for so many people. Should always look out for the younger ones, always look out for the more experienced ones as well. Um, and just someone that you always wanted on your team. And every week should come in um, and just have, like, get everyone together and be like, girls, I've got a new business idea. And, <laughs> you know, opening up shops and a cryo lounge and getting trying to get people on the Herbalife and... It was just something different every week. Um, so I know that whatever she'll do after after football, um, she's going to make a success of because she's just dipped her toe in so many waters um, that she'll make a success of whatever she does. So, yeah, it was a privilege to play with her. Um, and I think it was nice for her to kind of break that record of all-time WSL record holder, um, which I'm coming after. I'm not too far behind. Um, but... No, it was it was good for her. I think just something for her to kind of go out on on a high. Um, yeah, so I wish her all the best. She's right. You are such a grafter. I wanted to ask, will we see the return of the pudding business? That was my favourite. Or the Cairo chamber. I'm a bit of a, a thrill, you know? um, <laughs> Such a geezer. I picked my uh, my nephew up from school the other day and he went, Jill, can you bring back the cookie dough? <laughs> said, no, man, I'm not touching. No more businesses like that. Um, but it's nice about that because she mentioned it. Like Kate's, I think, six behind. Mm. So um, I wouldn't want the record to go to anyone else. So I'm rooting for Kate's corner that she stays fit, she stays healthy and she takes it. What um, She mentioned scraps there any memorable scraps you've had like we've had scraps on the same team with each other <laughs> um, there was a game I, I can't think what, oh it was played Arsenal um, we played Arsenal at Rush Green and I think it was like the FA Cup I think it was like 1-0 down or maybe 2-0 down and I was just screaming at a corner like girls like come on like this ain't good enough like wake up da, da, da. and then she started going back to me and I was like are you just happy losing sort of thing like blah blah and uh I said, Kate, it's not good enough. She's going, oh, no, Jill. Like, we're having a full-on rat this corner. <laughs> and then we went up and scored. And there's a picture of us and we're hugging. She's like, I'm sorry. Like, I love you. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry too. I don't mean nothing I say. She's like, no, no. But, yeah, um, it's a pleasure to share the picture with Kate because she's very similar to me. Like, wears her art on her sleeve. Um, Mouthy. Mouthy, yeah. <laughs> Perfect people for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, she's, a, she's a, a player that as well that I'd always played against. And when she signed for West Ham, I was just, Glad she was on my team for once and not against me. And b before we go, I want to ask you just a few like quick fire things. And Jesse, Becky, feel free to jump in. Um, best teammate you've ever had? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Beck Spencer because she's my my best mate. We've played um, obviously we played at Arsenal together for a long time. We she then come to West Ham, yeah. Chelsea, and West Ham. So yeah, three teams we've uh, we've played with each other for. So yeah, Beck's. Worst teammate. <laughs> we can, can bleep it. it. We can bleep it. <laughs> Worst teammate. Oh, oh, this is tricky. Um, that's good that no one immediately comes yeah, to mind. Yeah, that is good. No, like. I actually don't think I've got a worse teammate. That's um, good. I'd say a teammate that probably gave me anxiety the most <laughs> was Howa Sissoko. <laughs> <laughs> she would give me anxiety. But yeah, no, I wouldn't say I've got a worse teammate best manager you've had and I know there's some good ones so you know I know there's a top you work with some very good managers throughout your yeah. career but best manager I'd say best man manager would be Beardy um, I think like you're talking about Emma Hayes Vic Akers they're all great um, tactically and all that but for me the best man manager is yeah it's got to be Beardy best goal you ever scored favourite goal oh I did I scored I don't know if you remember Jesse Notts County <laughs> I scored a half a volley. Wow! So we were playing, yeah, Notts County. Remember Desiree Scott? Yeah. She headed the ball out, and I was on the edge of the box, side volley past Kylie Telford. Wow. That was a season where I think I was like for top goal scorer. I scored about eight <laughs> goals. It sticks in my mind. Um, yeah, I say that's my best goal. And best game. I mean, we talked about some FA Cup finals and stuff, but best game in your career, if you could pick pick one. Oh. Do you know what I'm going to pick? I'm going to pick the, the last game that my dad watched, which was Brighton, because some of the tackles that I was putting in, and I had a good game. I got the 
assist assist, the pre-assist <laughs> for the equalising goal. My long ball to Shanice, which we're on a hit and hope long ball. I picked her out as well. And then she crossed it in for us to... We was 3-0 down as well to come back to 3-3. But it was the last game my dad saw live and I had a really good game. So, yeah, I'm going to pick that one. Anyone else want to jump in? Favourite referee? <laughs> <laughs> You know what, right? Talking about referees, yeah. When I was at Arsenal, I, well, first red card at Arsenal, I was only, oh, maybe 18, 19. And we Started was, young. <laughs> we was in the Champions League. We were playing uh, Real Valenco or something. Um, and we was losing. And... You know, like how like Spanish players are, where they like they well they make a meal out of everything. Mm, and they crowd the ref and yeah. yeah. And the girl was like trying to like block it. So this ball was rolling. I must have stayed up for a corner because it's rolling out. And then um, she dived in front of the ball. So I just oh, I just saw red, and so I lifted my leg up, and just stamped on her hamstring. <laughs> and as I turned around like that, like, I don't. I must have just thought no one could see me do it. <laughs> and the the ref was like that with the red card and. Um, then I got, but I got sent off, and then Laura Harvey brought BE on, and BE scored the winner. That's so, an assist from you, then. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Just basically, another pre-assist. <laughs> I took one for the team, got sent off, so Beaks could come on <laughs> and score to make us go through to the next round. If you could meet that nine-year-old girl that's in the like in the park heading those footballs, <laughs> how would you sum up your career in like a few words? I would just say to her, listen, you've got to hold on because it's going to be a roller coaster. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it'd be the best bit of advice I ever got was from uh, Paul Green at Chelsea who said, like, don't get too high in the highs and too low in the lows. And I feel before, maybe in, when I was younger, I got really low in the lows. And then probably the opposite, I got really high in the highs and thought that beautiful story would carry on. And that I didn't really prepare myself for it to be a roller coaster. Well, I think later on in my career is sort of uh, whatever happens, happens. You know what I mean? And I've got a bit of the, the attitude of everything happens for a reason. Um, like I feel like the whole thing that I went through with Chelsea happened for a reason so that I could experience what I did with West Ham. And you don't know it at the time, but it all makes sense later on. So that's probably what I would say yeah, to the young nine-year-old. I think perfect way to end the show, Becky. Well I'm, done. I'm really on it today. Well done. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are. Um, and I think it sums up football, really, because it is a roller coaster. Like, the highs, it, it, it's going to change so quickly. It's such an unpredictable career, especially in the women's game, where you, know, you might not have the same security or teams might get relegated. Leagues, entire leagues might go bust. Clubs might go bust. You know, think about the teams that started in the WSL with you, like Lincoln, Notts County. County. They don't yeah. even exist anymore. Like, well, Notts County do on the men's side the parent side but yeah so um it's been a hell of a ride jilly thank you for sharing so many nice stories with us uh, on the show today and we're obviously very excited to have you you know obviously being down in the studio with us with a podcast and um excited for everything that's to come so yeah thank you for for giving us some wisdom a few emotional moments some tears in becky's eyes yeah. um, most of the way through <laughs> most of the way did, did i hide it <laughs> um, no, and we hope you enjoyed the little uh, special guest as well um, yeah, it was lovely <laughs> and uh, yeah good luck and uh, we'll see you soon well, thank you very much